If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday edition of Final Countdown here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk with me again Yo. this week here on a Friday. Steph behind the glass. I promise you she's a real person. Going to talk some every every single NFL game top to bottom here, John. Now, listen, we might not. My favorite part about my week. Yeah, I mean, listen, we might not have a, we might not have a, a strong opinion on mm-hmm. some of these games, but anything that we can lend. Of course, there is some crazy line movement that we will get to and we don't really have i mean we can speculate as to why that line movement is going the way that it's going but we will we will reserve that judgment until things are made official as to exactly why this line movement moved the way that it did but it does look like the chargers are going to be without their starting quarterback as this has gone from 7 down to 3 at this point so at it's least gone, the market believes that, yes, that is the case at, at least point, the right? market does believe that that is going to be the case i do want to kick things off here though with what we saw last night real real quickly because i do want to see if that changes your mind about anything or any of these markets that are out there. Of course, the Browns, we'll call it a 29-17 win. It really wasn't the touch, cheap touchdown there at the end. So more like a six-point win there for the Browns. And what we saw was, I think, pretty much what the game plan should have been, I think, for the Browns. Lots mm-hmm. of runs, short passes, don't take too many shots down the field. Jacoby Brissett, fairly accurate in the short passing game, pretty efficient with everything, and with that, I mean, listen, I think the score wasn't even really indicative of what I consider to be a pretty comprehensive top-to-bottom win for the Browns team. Yeah, no, I I would agree with all of that. I I think when I came away from this, you know, my thought was actually initially with the Steelers, which was 
in the in the NFL guide, I wrote the AFC North. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I put in there about the Pittsburgh Steelers was I thought this was kind of the worst version of a team that Mike Tomlin has ever had. And mm-hmm. Tomlin can work magic, but there's like certain limitations to this roster I think you've seen. And I think you saw it there last night. I mean, there's only so much you can do with Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is a really good back, but there's yeah. only so much you can do with the offensive line in front of him. I think it was kind of forgotten a little bit how inefficient this run defense was a season ago. And you could change your defensive staff, but you still largely bring back the same personnel and you're missing mm-hmm. your best defensive piece in TJ Watt. And you saw those inefficiencies pop up in defending the run yesterday against Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I kind of came away thinking, you know what? I, I feel kind of right through three games about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that I think this is just a severely limited team and there's only so far that they can go. And you mentioned like efficiency wise, Trubisky actually wasn't terrible yesterday. I'll know. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people see 197 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt relatively solid. actually his highest PFF grade of the season up to this point. Didn't commit a turnover worthy play, but there's only so much you can do with this roster. I think at this point with Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I guess that, that leads me to my next question here. And from a betting perspective, the, the calls have already started. It is very loud for Kenny Pickett to become the, the starter there in Pittsburgh. And my question to you is, is do you think, I mean, we know what Tomlin said afterwards, and I feel like he's probably a fairly stubborn dude and probably oh, yeah. is certainly, if he says, hey, I'm not going to switch quarterbacks, he probably he's is He's very not. anti-outside noise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like he's probably not. But that that being said, the the cries are going to become louder and louder and louder, and specifically if the if the, you know, Losses continue to mount up here. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is do we put a Kenny Pickett offensive rookie of the year ticket into our account now before the number plummets? Because it will plummet as soon as he is officially named the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that this is a award they would prefer to give to a quarterback. We just have really never been in a situation where we haven't had a single rookie quarterback starting. So it wasn't an option for us to start the season but this has gotten up into the double digits. We know for sure if he gets named starting quarterback, it will become it'll get under double digits. So I mean, this is probably the best number we're going to get on a Kenny Pickett if we think we can actually get, you know, let's call it 13 starts out of him. Well, I, I, well that's what I was going to say yeah. is it depends on when he enters the pool, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the problem is you could grab this and then he doesn't start for two or three weeks and the number gets yep. a little bit bigger after that. I just, I think too, like you'd grab a number and his, and it would plummet and you'd be sitting on a ticket. Let's say it's like 12, 13 mm-hmm. to one and ultimately gets like eight to one, seven to one, whatever it is. But I still think we, you still have that aspect of actual production. And I don't know how much different the production is going to be for Kenny Pickett if he gets back there. And especially when you look at some of the guys that are in contention up to this point, especially when they're wide receivers, right? Mm -hmm. It's three wide receivers who are at the top of the board who have the ability to make some really potentially splashy plays, have some really big offensive showings, that he'd be really behind the eight ball. I agree with your overall assessment that quarterback is the position they want to give it to. But I think at the end of the day, he's got such a mountain to climb. He'd have to come in and start to look like the Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. at the end of the preseason where he's picking apart third stringers. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case, you know? Speaking of splash plays, yeah. where does the catch rank for you? Because now that, that I've seen good. it in slow motion about 20 different times and I've seen the still photos and all this, I actually think it might be better than Odell's. I know that's blasphemy, but I actually think it might be better than Odell's. I think it's better than Odell's because of the velocity, right? Yes. Like, like I think that's part of the like snagging, like rearranging the, way it, it, the body, right. like in midair and all of that. Yeah. Like, because if I remember correctly, Odell's was kind of like a like a parabola in the yeah. air, like kind of dropping in there, and he turned around, he changed his body too, mm-hmm. and he snagged it. That was a little bit more oomph on it. I think I would put that ahead of Odell. It, the, the stills are just what's crazy. It's, like it's when you ridiculous. see him, just yeah, like completely horizontal with the one hand on the ball. So you wrote the you said you wrote the the North preview for the betting guide. So I guess my question here is now leads us to where does this division look 
for you. I mean, right. the Browns are are two and one. Could have very easily been three and zero oh at this point. The Cincinnati Bengals have certainly struggled. Will that offensive line get it together? We shall find out, I suppose. And then you look, and, and the Ravens, I think everybody still thinks, despite the collapse last week, that they're still pretty good, too. So where does where does the value lie? Is there any value? Ravens minus 110, AFC North. Browns 3-1. to one, Bengals plus 330. Of course, we're not going to bet the Steelers. We don't think that they're going right. to, to do that. So is there any betting value at all in any of these teams? I mean, I think what if you're going for value, you're going to look at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, given, like, going forward here, they do have some relatively tough matchups, but it breaks out a little bit easier than you think. I mean, you get the Jets this weekend. Obviously, they're a favorite yeah. there. Uh, they get the, the Dolphins coming off of that Bills game on Thursday night. Then the Ravens, but then you're talking about the Saints, who look a little bit worse, I think, and yeah. we'll see what's going on with Jameis and the back injury. The Falcons after that, you have to go on the road against the Browns. I think the schedule is somewhat manageable for Cincinnati as you're moving forward. And then following that, you're talking about Panthers, Steelers, Titans, there's room for the Bengals to start kind of racking up wins here as you kind of move forward. And if you're grabbing the number now, and then as you move forward, they start to pick apart a little bit of an easier schedule, you're going to be in a pretty good position for a team that was in some spots, you know, like what percentage points behind this, the Baltimore Ravens right. at one point in the offseason was the favorite to win this division. Yeah, I, you know, I went ahead and did do that before last week's game, just expecting they were going to win. Of course, they didn't win, right. but uh, the number didn't actually change. So I, I got the, the same number that I could have gotten this week as I got last week. And, you know, we'll talk further about that game a little bit later, but I think one of the points that you made here is is pretty valid that I, you know, preseason, we do these strength of schedule things based off of teams projected win totals. But right. now that we're at least a couple of games in some injuries have happened. We've seen come some of these coaching tendencies. We've seen different things happen that maybe this, the schedule for the Bengals isn't like the craziest, hardest thing in the entire world. Like we did think coming into the season, right? Like yeah. we looked at this schedule and we're like, man, how are they going to make it out of this? You know, with 10 wins, it just seems almost impossible. But now, when you see how it starts to shake out, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. No, not at all. I mean, even like when you look past the bye week and after, mm-hmm. there's a pretty relatively tough stretch. But I mean, like even as you look through that like minutia of teams, when you're talking about, yes, the Chiefs are going to be relatively tough, but you get them at home. It's a yeah. home game against the Browns and the Buccaneers, who look pretty vulnerable at this point. And the injuries will, you would assume, at that point of the season, look a little bit better. But it needs to look at that point. It's a little bit more of a manageable mm-hmm. schedule when you get to that week, was that week six against the Saints and onward. I think there's some opportunity. And here's the other thing. Nine, ten wins might, like, win this division. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you could take seven losses and still be in contention to win this thing. And I think that's the most important part about it is the AFC North does seem to be one of those divisions. Like, I don't think the Ravens are going 12-5. and five. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. a relatively exactly. flawed yes. team, and I think that you're going to be able to keep pace here. And eventually, if you could take advantage of those parts of your schedules, you'll be in position to win. It. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the plus, I mean, again, plus 330 available at DraftKings right now. I, I took 350 last week. I'll put it this way. Like the fact that they're behind the Browns, I get it because the Browns yeah. are, are one and one, but I think, or no, what are they now? Two and one? Yeah. Uh, but the, that's because if they won that game, they're a game ahead essentially yes. at this point right now. From a probability standpoint, I still think looking forward, the Bengals have a more probabilistic uh, outcome in terms of winning the AFC. It, and, and I think if you asked anybody, I mean, like seriously, hey, right now on a neutral field, who are you taking to, to, right. to win the game? I mean, like, yeah. everybody's going to take Cincinnati. Like, nobody's taking Cleveland in this thing. I mean, We'll, we'll fully break down that, down that game a little bit later, but Jeff Saturday, who I definitely you know respect, been there, done that, the whole nine yards, was basically saying the thing that you and I talked a little bit about last week as well with this Cincinnati team is just the fact that he's like, look, I've, I've been on the offensive line. Listen, you bring in a new guy to my right, and you bring in a new guy to my left, and we don't always just jive right off the bat, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. you're up there, and 
you know, people are changing protections and we're pointing out, and we're trying to figure out who's going to do what and all the things like that. And then an audible gets called. And now you got to figure out, okay, oh, we're doing this instead. And, you know, there, there's a little bit of a learning curve. There's a little bit of a gelling process. And he even said, he was like, you know, one of the things that I did notice was, and this is not all in the offensive line, he said from a Joe Burrow perspective, he's like, listen, he's kind of expecting pressure right now. And so his eyes have gotten a little bit, his eyes have gotten a little bit scared, right? Like instead of keeping the eyes down the field a little bit longer, it's the, oh, where's the pressure coming from, right? Yeah. And so as the line shores up a little bit and Burrow can kind of get back to making his progressions as normal and all that, I think you see a much more efficient offense and certainly one closer to what we thought coming into yeah, this. Yeah, and look, you don't ever want to be in an O and two holes. You start mm -hmm. the year. But if you look at Cincinnati coming in from last year, I think part of the reason we're here from like this narrative standpoint is there were high expectations for Cincinnati, mm -hmm. obviously, coming into this year. But if you actually analyzed them from a statistical standpoint, especially some of the deeper analytics, like they were a fringe top 10 offense. Like I think they were 11th or 12th in EPA per play offensively. They were just really good in very high, high, like clutch situations where we're talking about those third and 24 mm -hmm. against Kansas City Chiefs, things like that. And you remember those plays, but ultimately it was like a just slightly above average offense, but we expect so much more because we saw the highlights from them. Aaron Judge still trying to hit number 61. He does have Rich Hill to go up against tonight. If okay. you are going to try and hit number 61, I would almost ask for Rich Hill to be I'd out there. I'd put me out there. Actually, yeah, I mean, but I mean, Rich Hill would be a really a pretty good choice like uh, up there. So uh, Albert Pujols, of course, going against Jose, uh, going against Andrew Heaney tonight uh, in this one again. We know Pujols versus lefties. Yep. This is what we're looking for. So Pujols does get a lefty tonight. I want to get your thoughts on the Celtics situation as well and anything about these college football games tonight as well. And of course, we'll run through the entire NFL schedule when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth. On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recap the top plays made by VSIN hosts and guests, 24 7 video, season prep. That'll get you college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour with actionable insights up to to up your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special. VEASAN Pro for $175 now through the Super Bowl or 50% off the monthly price if you come in for an annual subscription. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and to become part of the Sports Betting Network. As always, drink responsibly. John, we are... Looking at an interesting scenario here in the NBA that I'm glad you are here today because we haven't really had anything like this of recent memory, certainly not with a team that is favored to win at all. Right. In the Boston Celtics, they will be without their head coach for at least one season. They said they will make a final decision after the year is over, but we know for sure, at least for this year, they will not be with their head coach. And with that, it didn't affect the odds, which I thought was a little bit interesting. I wanted to get your opinion. One, did that did that surprise you at all? Or do you think that this is kind of a neutral thing? So one, so one spot actually did shift a little bit. Uh, mm. The Superbook went from uh, 6 to 1 to 6.50 for the title, but the real move was from 54.5 to 52.5 for the win total. So mm. shaving off two wins. Um, but I would actually, I would disagree, I think, in terms of shaving off the wins, mainly because there's a stat that really sticks out to me when you looked at Boston. There's two of them. Uh, the first of which was this team was actually, it was actually played a really big reason as to why they lost the finals. They were 26th, if I remember correctly, 
in clutch time net rating. So essentially in games within five points or five or fewer minutes mm-hmm. left to go, they had a negative 9.2 net rating. They were terrible in really close games. That's a sign of coaching in really close games. In points out of timeouts, they were a bottom half team. I think they were 28th in that regard. That's a sign of coaching, mm-hmm. right? If you're coming out of a timeout, you right. have the ball, you should be able to draw plays in which you score points. Bottom of the league there too. So Ima Udoka is a good coach, and he actually deserves a ton of credit because he made the big shift with Robert Williams. It's why they became such a defensive juggernaut. But like the intricacies of what Ima Udoka is as a head coach and adding to wins, I don't really think there's that much. So I don't think you really make that much of an mm-hmm. adjustment. And there's also just the little aspect of we don't really, like with their interim coach and what the situation is going to be as we move forward here. So I, I think really like you don't really make a massive adjustment. I agree adjusting you know a few tenths of a percentage point like going from six to six fifty. Yeah. Uh, but I think when you're talking about like win totals, things of that nature, this is still the same roster. It's still a really good club, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think Ima Udoka is worth two wins like uh, right. like the Superbook did. You know, right? Just, just yeah, because I was along the same lines where I'm like, you know, there were some people saying, I can't believe that this the, the odds haven't moved for this team. And I'm like. Listen, I'm not I'm not downplaying the effect of a coach in the NBA. But a lot of times it's if your stars are playing well, you win games. I mean, like and stars aren't playing well. And yes, there are little tweaks that you make somewhere along the uh, along the line like you mentioned going big and things and make, mm-hmm. maybe you go with a small lineup or whatever it might be. But end of the day, right? I mean, it's stars out there doing star things and if those stars are still doing them, then we've seen teams win in spite of bad coaching, right? I mean, like we've seen this time and time again. And so I think the Celtics, when you look at them kind of top to bottom, can endure not having their coach. Yeah. And look, they still have Brad Stevens in the front office. If you're not thinking that Brad Stevens isn't going to have, you know, some saying what's going on on the floor in some form or fashion, right? Like that's going to be a part of this too. Their interim head coach, by the way, Joe Mazzula, he's, I think he's only 34. So, I mean, he's pretty young. There's going to be a lot of fingerprints on this team from a coaching perspective. We do have three college football games tonight. Don't know if you have any thoughts on them at all. We got Virginia, Syracuse, Nevada, and Air Force, and then we also have Boise State and UTEP. We have two of these are big spreads, 24 and 16 and a half. The first one, Virginia, Syracuse, is sitting nine and a half right now. Thoughts at all on this one? No, I think yeah. the one thought that stuck out to me was, so Nevada and Air Force, I know a lot of people might be surprised. Air Force loses outright last week to Wyoming. Um, as a, I think, what are they, 16 and a half, 17 point favorite? And now they're here laying 24. But there are some reports, some of the kids actually were relatively under the weather when they take on Wyoming for whatever that's mm-hmm. worth uh, in that game. And Nevada stinks. Uh, they gave up yeah. over 55 points to Incarnate Word a couple of weeks ago. So uh, this is a pretty fair number. That was the only one because I did not get in on this. I think the opener on Sunday, if I remember correctly, was in the range of like 21 and a half and 22 and a half in some spots. But 24 is a pretty fair number here for Air Force. And I will say this. Boise State does have one of the more overvalued quarterbacks in the market, and Hank Bachmeyer, you look at the PFF numbers for him, uh, one of the worst turnover rates in the Mountain West Conference, uh, very, very turnover-prone, and is super aggressive, which leads to a lot of turnovers. Number seems pretty high for, I think, is a well-coached and decent UTEP team. So. But there is all that NIL money at Incarnate Word, though. Yeah. So, like, all those players, you know, they're <laughs> right. rolling in right. NIL money. So they're, they're getting some diamonds yes, in the rough because of that. Yeah. There is that. All right, so let's, hit, let's shift to the, uh, to the NFL, and let's look at some of these games this week. We have some plays. We'll talk about those at the end. We'll give you our full card, but – Start breaking down some of these. Certainly the interesting one right out of the gate here, Chiefs and Colts, where this thing opened at seven in favor of the Chiefs. Now we're looking five and a half pretty much across the market. Fifty and a half is your total. Colts are going to get Michael Pittman back, but they're not going to get Shaq Leonard back. I think we were all assuming that Leonard was going to be back this week. That's actually not going to be the case. So after getting shut out last week, the Colts have scored a total of 20 points. 17 of those 20 points came in the fourth quarter in a rally against the Texans in order to try to get the game 
to overtime. Matt Ryan's thrown four picks. He's been sacked seven times. He is pro football focuses 27th graded quarterback through two weeks. All of that being said, you like the Colts, so let's yeah. uh, let's let's hear it. Let's hear. It. I mean, we, like, we talked about this early yeah. in the week, and I think one, they're starting to get a little healthier offensively. That's really mm-hmm. going to help. Uh, home again, we've talked about this a lot. Being on the road doesn't really matter too much. Being on the road consecutive weeks mm-hmm. now, finally coming home to open the season, that's I think a relatively uh, decent position to be in if you're Indianapolis. But it's about the health, and to me, it's also about two things. One, the market. It's been two games. The first game against the Texans, they did have over 500 yards of offense. They didn't lose that game. Um, And the other part is Kansas City has been really good so far. And if you look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers on the surface, you're like seven touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy's been picking them apart, destroyed the Arizona Cardinals. You and I mentioned this last week. The Cardinals' game plan was brain dead in terms of just blitzing him on over 50% of his dropbacks. And Patrick Mahomes, you bring up PFF numbers, the eighth highest turnover-worthy play rate. In the NFL, essentially, and we've we've all seen it, right? The picks aren't turning into picks. They're getting dropped. The turnover luck, as we call it, is certainly in his favor. And he's being pretty wild with the ball. So I think all of these things, when you're talking about a number that was three initially on the look-ahead lines last week that got up to as high as six and a half, I think the market's just kind of freaking out a little bit about the poor start here for Indianapolis, a team that was highly regarded, and two divisional opponents, might you add, now coming back home against a Kansas City team that I think is might be a little overvalued in the overreaction market. I think uh, the Colts are the better side here. Do we buy into this whole Patrick Mahomes versus Gus Bradley thing? Because they have met seven times, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, um, it's this whole narrative of Mahomes owns Bradley and the way that he wants to play him in defense. Of course, famously, as we remember, he sat in that cover three when he was with the Raiders yep. and Matt Patrick Mahomes went absolutely nuclear on him. Hopefully he learned from his mistakes. That said, we've seen time and time again, some of these coaches just do what they want to do and they will just go down with the ship. So do you make anything of that? I think there's something to it, but I will say there it's not a blueprint because Patrick Mahomes still very good. Yes. But we have seen the shift here in a lot of teams in the way they take on Patrick Mahomes. They're not blitzing him anymore. That's why what Arizona did again, going back, that was really weird in week one. But last year, it was a career low in terms of blitz rate against Patrick Mahomes. And you would think that a guy like Gus Bradley, who, given how badly he's been burned by him in the past, would kind of realize that the way to attack him is drop everybody back, just rush three, force him to be patient, and the turnovers will come. We saw the L.A. Chargers do that a little bit to him. We saw the turnovers not happen, but they were still there. I would hope that that's going to be the case here for this team. Yeah, it, what was interesting to me as I dug into this game that I it was surprising to me because I thought the Chiefs offense looked pretty pedestrian in that game with the Chargers for right. at least a decent amount of it. And then you look, and again, it's small sample size. We're only two games into the year. But the Chiefs are first in EPA per play on the season. They're first in offensive success rate. They're third in dropback EPA. And they're first in dropback success rate is, again, which I was – Not expecting that. I expected good numbers, right? I expected top 10 type numbers. I did not expect first in EPA per play, first in success rate, first in drop back success rate, and then third in drop back EPA. That did kind of jump off the page and be like, what was I I missing somewhere? Well, how how much does the Cardinals game weigh into that? Yeah. Because we're only ultimately talking about a two-game sample size. I think that would be the thing that I would wonder about. Like, how Mm -hmm. much does that Cardinals game skew these numbers early on for them? Yeah, I was with you. I wanted this thing over seven, and I yeah. would have t- and I would have played the Colts. Looked like it was going to head in that direction. It looked too, like initially. it was, yep. and then it didn't. And now it's in this dead zone to where I think I'm just going to sit back and watch this thing. I am curious about the total though at fifty and a half. What do we think about? Okay, listen. What if the Colts' offense is just broken? Mm-hmm. What if Matt Ryan is in fact washed, and we do see 
a shift in defense from Gus Bradley, and he plays this two-deep safety, two-deep zone thing where we've seen all these quarterbacks make Patrick Mahomes dink and dunk the ball down the field, right? That's basically just an extended run game that keeps the clock running just as if we were trying to handicap a game with the Browns or something, yeah. right? I mean, if you're just completing 80% of your passes, then the clock's just going to run the entire time as it is anyway. 50 and a half. I'm wondering if we're to the point now where these Chiefs games totals are almost a little bit skewed to what we saw in years past as opposed to how defenses are playing them today. I, I think so. I mean, the market's agreeing because it opened 52, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're down to 50, 50 and a half. No, I, I think that is the case. You're forcing the Chiefs to be more patient and their personnel has changed, frankly, too. They're not spreading it out and getting as aggressive. Uh, they are getting a little bit more patient with their attack. I think we've seen it so far through two games. We'll continue to break down the NFL schedule, but when we come back, our very own contributor here at VEASAN, Mike Pritchard, is going to join us. Get some questions on him, and should the Steelers make that quarterback change in his eyes? This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week, lace up for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance. Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday, all season long. You can build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet up to twenty-five dollars. Wow. Yeah, wow. look at that. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on a Sunday night football game and get your money back as a free bet if they score any time in the game. <laughs> These are all things you should be taking advantage of. Have heard BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game. You can find him as co-host of VEASAN's Pro Football Blitz. You can find him on the Twitter machine at M.I. Pritchard, and you can just know that he is an all-around great fella. He is Mike Pritchard. What's up, fellas? How you doing, man? We are sitting here discussing some... What should the Steelers do, Pritch? And we're sitting here looking at, look, you can you can look at some of the things I think that Trubisky did and say, all right, you know, it's not the worst situation. That being said, going into garbage time, he did only have 147 yards passing. He got like, you know, 55, 60 yards passing on those last little garbage time drives and stuff where they were where he was getting some soft coverages. So I mean, I think you're looking at a game that you can pretty much say was gonna throw for under 200 yards yet again. The cries are going to start coming even louder now. And do you believe that this is a situation that you put in a Kenny Pickett or could it be more detrimental to him than it could be good because this is one of the worst offensive lines in all the NFL? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Najee Harris, too, ain't protecting uh, well mm. either. Uh, you know, it's interesting, guys, because uh, you look at Trubisky, he was up against it anyway. Uh, short week, new team in division on the road for a quarterback like that. So uh, I don't know if he was going to be a world beater out there or, or certainly be a difference maker. He wasn't. Uh, he still has some bad habits throw, though. I mean, he still makes some throws that are just um, you scratch your head at, right? And, and and certainly as a quarterback, too, this experience, you wouldn't think that would be the case. But Tomlin's got a interesting dilemma because he's got young receivers that know uh, they're limited with the quarterback they currently have. Uh, but yet, is it too early for Pickett? They, they could be two and six before the bye week, uh, realistically. And you look at the opponents that they have coming up. I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting decision for Tomlin, uh, one that he's never had to face because he had 
has had Roethlisberger his entire career as a head coach there in Steelers. So, so it, I don't know which way he's going to go. I know which way he should go. I don't think it can get any worse if you put Pickett in there now. At some point, he's going to have to learn uh, how to play in the National Football League, and, and I, I think you have to pull the trigger on that. So moving on to this week, first off, big picture, Mike. What do you make of the road favorites that we have here? I think we're sitting at like eight-ish road favorites. You got two games yeah. that are within a point uh, for the home team as well. I'm of the belief that home field really isn't worth that much. Uh, you've been on a lot of trips, though. What was it like traveling then? And I feel like you didn't have sleep scientists like they do. Obviously lead the way. I mean, you think about Baltimore. You think about the Bills and, and the Bengals, even New Orleans. I mean, you can go on down the line, the Raiders even. Uh, quarterback matchups probably lead the way with these road favorite situations, but I, I'll switch it and say maybe it's an opportunity for home dogs and, and teasers. Uh, I, I thought there was a buffet of teasers this week or earlier on. Uh, and now as I gone through the tape and look at some things, some angles that I'm looking at, some betting angles, yeah, I'm attracted to the teaser situations uh, with a lot of home dogs uh, here in week three. Uh, you know, because I, I just think, defenses could be ahead of offenses right now. We look at the unders situation. Uh, there's a lot of lack of execution or to the level that we're going to see later on in the year uh, from a lot of offenses too. So I think that persists a little bit here in week three. Rich, we got a couple of games that are, you know, well into the, well into the fifties, as far as the bills and dolphins, lions and Vikings, we get an injury report today for this bill squad that at least a couple of the defensive Players are going to be out for sure. Several others are listed as questionable, so we could get a depleted team here. Do you agree with these kind of super high totals for Bills, Dolphins, and Lions, Vikings? You know what? I think, Matt, the situations are unique. You know, Buffalo, they're dictating an offense. In other words, they are creating the looks that they want to execute their offense. They're not reacting to what a defense is doing to them. So I'm looking for ways that Miami can change that. And I haven't found any uh, for Josh Allen and the weapons that he has. Gabe Davis didn't even play last week, and they were still able uh, to move the ball at will. And uh, I think that's going to be the case, too, uh, against Miami. You know, Miami, they exploded in the fourth quarter, but they struggled at times against New England and certainly against Baltimore last week. So, uh, yeah, I see how that total has gone up. I'm not chasing it, though. Uh, I, I never chase totals that way. Um, but some of these bigger numbers, I, I look for teams that can dictate, like Detroit on the other side. They've been surprising people with the way that they can execute offensively, and they can score. I don't know if they're dictating, but on the other side of that, their defense is yielding so many points that, I mean, it, it looks like Minnesota at home, they can score a lot of points with who they have on the offensive side of the ball, too. So I, I'm in lockstep with the totals. I just, I just hate to chase them. You know, I mean, if we get movement between now and, and game time, uh, maybe I'll be attracted to some of these overs right there that that have the lofty totals. All right, which one's been more disappointing, Pritch? There's a right answer here. Uh, Colts <laughs> or Broncos in terms of their offenses? Well, considering, I mean, where you have your allegiance, I mean, uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you, I think, but the Colts, man, oh, the Colts, they're supposed to have the best offensive line in the National Football League. They couldn't even run the ball against Jacksonville. Uh, so, you know, Matt Ryan, a new quarterback with a new team on the road, back-to-back -back, uh, situations. I mean, that's never a, a good equation either. But I, I would think that the Colts would at least be able to run the football. Uh, but, but I will say this. We don't really know how bad a team is until they lose at home. Uh, and that, that was true when I was in the league. It's true today. 
Uh, I think if the Colts uh, put up a fight, who knows if they win it against Kansas City, who knows, right? But uh, I, I think we won't really know how bad a team is uh, until they perform at home. So the Colts were up against it to start the year. I'm looking for dramatic improvement there, though, JVT. They, they have to get that thing fixed. Mike, what have you made of kind of focusing on the Broncos and they get the 49ers this weekend? What are you made of Hackett as a game manager, a decision maker? Are we making too much of Hackett so far in his first two games as head coach? No, he's got too much on his plate. And he can't handle it. Just like a lot of other new head coaches, first-time head coaches, rookie head coaches, he doesn't delegate either, guys. I mean, I got some information from people out there in Denver that kind of like Belichick, you know, when he should have thrown a red flag and challenged, he was talking to a quarterback. And you're, you're Hackett, and, and yet you're talking to Russell Wilson as opposed to being a head coach. You know, let your quarterback's coach do that. Let the offense coordinator do that. But uh, I think Hackett uh, needs to delegate a little bit better or at least – Try to delegate if you can, but uh, I think when you're in a new situation like that, you you have a learning curve, just like players do. And uh, as a better, I think you got to keep that in mind. Also, on top of that, Russell Wilson, he doesn't have the talent that he had up there in Seattle. Metcalf and Lockett were a better duo than Sutton and Judy, and now Judy's banged up along with Hamler. Rich, no better person to have than you for this question right here. We've got this injury report coming out with the Packers and the Bucks, and it mm-hmm. is just absolutely disgusting when it comes to pass catchers for both of these teams. So just how big of a drop-off is there once we get to wide receiver four, five, six, guy that has to come off the practice squad or guy that gets called off the street from a talent level perspective and then also is it even less about the talent level perspective and the fact that the quarterback just hasn't really worked with these guys at all, and so there's just no kind of chemistry whatsoever? Yeah, it's really the talent level, Matt. I, I mean, quarterbacks like Brady and Rodgers, they can make any receiver look good as long as they catch it, uh, as long as they do the right thing, too. I mean, that's what it's going to be all about. You can condense a, a play uh, a game plan, uh, if you will, and, and I think you're going to have to, at least Green Bay did last week against Chicago. Maybe they're going to have to change that, though, because of what Todd Bowles is doing defensively with that defense, the looks that he's creating. Uh, if Green Bay can't run the football, now you're leaning on the pups to try to get open against that secondary. And that's, that's a tall order right there. And then on the other side, I think Brady, he has enough uh, weapons around him. They picked up Cole Beasley, right? Uh, we'll see if he can be activated or not. But uh, I think for what Brady wants to do, they can instruct those players or, or inexperienced players what to do as well. Uh, because Brady's going to be right on time with the football. And plus, they've been running it as well. But I, I think on the road for Green Bay and those pups, it, it could be tough if, if Rodgers is going to have to learn on that wide receiving core. All right, last 60 with you, Pritch. Uh, what do you got this weekend? Anything? Yeah, I got the 49ers. Uh, minus one and a half, I, I think, on the road against Denver uh, with Garoppolo back. Uh, that team's feeling pretty good. Plus, what they're doing with the defense and, and the weapons that they have on offense. Uh, that play, playbook is going to be open of four to 49ers, some key injuries on the other side too with Denver. I'm keeping an eye on Justin Herbert too, fellas. I mean, I know he didn't practice today, but he could still take a block, you know, and, and block the pain out. But uh, I'll see if that's going to happen or not. Uh, you know, it's the doctor in, in question too, but they do have two quarterbacks that could play if, if Herbert's not ready to go. Uh, so that's an interesting situation to keep an eye on out there in L.A. Pritch, I am with you on the 49ers, and also we got some good news that just came through. The official injury report just came out. George Kittle not even listed on there. Mm. Not even listed on the injury report. You can find him as co-host of the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN. Find him over on the Twitter machine at M.I. Pritchard. He is Mike Pritchard. Thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it. 
Thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. We will continue to roll through this NFL schedule, including my favorite play of the week when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back. This segment of VEASAN Final Countdown is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't a right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. Isn't that right? We are all on our own journey, aren't we, John? Walk a mile in somebody's shoes, man. We really are. But whenever you, whenever you feel like you are ready to take that next step, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Patches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I want to roll on here to a game that I think is fairly interesting from a, hey, why is, what am I missing here perspective? And that's the Ravens and the Patriots. Um, Some injuries of note that we're going to keep an eye on, of Mm -hmm. course, we know that Ronnie Staley is not going to go for the Ravens. That has at least been established. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Devin Duvernay, are, we're going to keep an eye on. For the Ravens, though, there is some optimism on some of those guys. Patriots, Kyle Duggar, Jacoby Myers are guys we're going to keep an eye on. Jalen Mills as well from a Patriots standpoint. But, John, I look at this, and I, I, is there just too much recency bias? Because the last thing we saw was the Ravens getting torched in the fourth quarter by Tua Tagovailoa, and that was all the highlights that we saw. And we are like, okay, just because Belichick is back home in Foxborough, that this uh, this obviously means they can't be more than a than a t- than a field goal dog. Because I mean, now it's down to two and a half. It's two and a half pretty much across the board, rest of country anyway, mm-hmm. and. I I couldn't I bet this thing multiple like I bet the Ravens multiple times at two and a half like I like them so incredibly much here because I look better quarterback better receiver unit better offensive line better well I mean if if, if Humphrey and Peters can give it a go better defense in my opinion and I don't think even at this point in their career that you can say that there's just a massive difference even between Harbaugh and, and Belichick. Like, I think it's like, I mean, it, it's a push, if anything, and certainly from a collective standpoint, the coaching staff is better on the Ravens' side than it is on the Patriots' side. This Matt Patricia experiment has been a complete disaster so far. So, I don't know. This was one that just did not make sense to me, and I'm wondering what I'm missing. Uh, Matt, you are absolutely right. I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, in looking at, like, Mac Jones, for example, too, even last week against the Steelers, he wasn't great. You know, you can look at 21-35, 252, 7.2 yards per attempt, and be like, that's fine. Uh, graded out extremely poorly by PFF metrics. Committed another turnover, uh, two turnover-worthy plays in that game, one of which he did not get. Uh, he did not have to pay for. I think the Patriots, from an offensive standpoint, that's, to me, the mismatch here. Mm-hmm. If you look at it EPA-wise, I've got the Patriots down at 19th uh, in EPA per play on offense. I think that this cornerback room is in such disarray that a better quarterback, even with the lack of weapons that uh, Lamar Jackson uh, does not have, he's still going to be able to take advantage here. I would agree with everything that you're talking about. Uh, This is one of those two that I kind of circled, and it was, I I like your statement. Like, what am I missing? Is there an injury that's not going to happen here? Because even, let's take the offensive line issues for the Baltimore Ravens at face value and say they have some issues to tackle. There's no dominant edge rusher here for the, the New England Patriots that would really be able to take advantage of something like this. So I would agree. Like, I think the Ravens are in a really good spot. They built up that 35-14 to 14 lead for a reason over mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins. They still show that they have an ability to be an explosive offense, and I think they can do that here against the Patriots. Uh, the, yeah, the Ravens are on my list here, not only the under minus 2.5 to make an actual play for the contest. Uh, I would agree. I think this is a really good spot for Baltimore to come in and take on a, a I think, somewhat overvalued team in the Patriots. You, you look last week, and I'm not discounting the Steelers' defense at all, but you did see, like, last night – we saw the Browns handle this defense pretty well, right? right? 
The Patriots scored 17 points on the Steelers team last week with a a field goal that that Circus Aguilar 44 yard catch that he that he caught or whatever. In yep. the other touchdown drive was 10 yards. It was yep. a 10 yard drive, right? That was it. And like that's what we've seen out of this Patriots team. I, I just don't. You know, and, I don't know. It's your point, and this is the thing that's drove me nuts in watching the Patriots in both of these games so far. And you hit on it. He Aguilar had the ridiculous catch. Uh, it's literally if you watch that game and the Dolphins catch, and I don't remember who who made the catch in the Dolphins game. It might have been Jacoby Myers, but it's Mac Jones looking for one on one coverage and putting it up, and hopefully that one of his guys can go mm-hmm. out and and get one of these balls and wins one of those matchups. And that's what we've seen. That's been their offense. But to your point, when you look at the depth of their offense through two games for the New England Patriots. It has been nothing for New England right now. And this is a much better defensive team that they're facing at this point, too. So, no, I agree. Like, this has been – and there's also the point of it's not a really well-coordinated offense still for right. two games. But what, what what beat the Ravens last week and what, what allowed the Dolphins to come back in the game? Splash plays. Right. These gigantic, like, oh, my God, these dudes are so ridiculously athletic, and yeah. that's what happened. Point at anyone on the Patriots that's that good. There ain't, ain't that dude on this team, right? right. I mean, there ain't no Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill walking through, walking out of that locker room here for this Patriots team. So, like, if we're worried about them putting up these gigantic, massive numbers, I am not in the least bit. So, I just, again, you get Duvernay back for the Ravens as well. He cleared concussion protocol, so he's going to be back out there for them. Everything just points to the Ravens for me. I just, I am so lost. And the last one on this, too, for me is the reports have not been favorable. I think there's an argument to me that Kyle Duggar is one of their better defensive players. Mm-hmm. If he's not going to play for the Patriots, their safety, that's, I think, a really big blow for them. And obviously, he's questionable, as you mentioned. So that's something to watch, too, because they got three safeties on this injury report that are questionable. Unless you just have some sort of sage advice in this Texans-Bears game, I'm just going to pass that one up unless you – do you like this game? I mean – Do you like this game? The like the, the person that – I like, I hate myself. I kind of want to watch it. I, like – I think because the Texans, I'm just more curious than anything okay. else. Because the Texans were the team that we expected to be the plucky ATS mm-hmm. team, a la the Detroit Lions when we came into the season. They have been just that, right? right. They've covered both of their games. So I, like, I'm really interested. The market kind of moved off that three to the two and a half. I'm just interested to see it against a like power rated team like the Chicago Bears. Are the Texans clearly the best of the bad teams, I guess? Yeah. And that's what I kind of yeah. want to watch. Here. I mean, rest of country. Plenty of threes yep. available out there. Three at DraftKings, three at PointsBet, three you know, three at BetMGM. I mean, like so, rest of country and threes are available. And listen, it's a dog or pass for me for sure. The what's going on with the Bears? They're down twenty four to nothing, and Fields ends the game with eleven pass attempts. Like yep. what? What in what yeah. in the world? Well, and, and and not only that, but remember the t- the touchdown drive or that they almost had. It's like they woke up. It's like oh, we have really good running backs, and I think they ran it for like ten straight <laughs> plays, and they got all the way down to the point where they had to get yeah. a touchdown overturned. But I'll say this really quickly: in big picture, for me as somebody who's got under six at a mm-hmm. plus price on Chicago's win total, this is a somewhat big game. You stole one as a yeah. six and a half point underdog in week one, so now these are one of the few games you're going to be favored to win. I would really like them to lose this game. One of the most curious games of the week, Raiders and the Titans. As we sit right now, rest of country, two and a half in favor of the Raiders. There is one, two still available out there in this thing. If you want to play the Raiders, if you want the Texans, I mean, if you want the Titans, like I said, two and a halves available. 45 and a half is your total. Taylor Lewan out for the season for this Titans team. So this is, you know, look, just year after year, I feel so bad for this guy. I just cannot stay out on the field. You and I, we talked about this. Hey, what do we don't what what don't we like about this Raiders team? Offensive line, offensive line could be a problem through 2 weeks, small sample size, 31st overall offensive line graded by Pro Football Focus. So it's playing out kind of what we were worried about with this team coming into the season as it is anyway. Yet here they are as a short road favorite 
And I guess if you look just from a talent perspective, they do have the more talented team. I think you would probably take Carr over Tannehill. I think you'd probably take their wide receiver, you know, room over what they've got going on there for the Titans. That said, not enough for people to get this to a field goal. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. I mean, the injuries are piling up for the mm-hmm. Raiders. We just got a report, too. Josh Jacobs is not going to make the trip for them. That okay. came down about like 20, 30 minutes ago or so. Uh, Trayvon Morig, their safety, the reports were not really good for him, as well as their starting center, Andre James. So we know that Denzel Perryman's not going to play. We know mm-hmm. that uh, Hunter Renfro's not going to play. So that's what, four or five starters right now for them that aren't going to be available, and yet they're on the road here laying two. So I feel like I obviously got very lucky. I was on the Cardinals last week, and they come back in that game. There's also a reason why they came back in that game and why this Raiders offense kind of stagnated down the stretch. I'm just – the market has been oddly high – after that Chargers game on the Raiders, up to five and a half against the Cardinals. Now here again, two on the road against the Titans. I just feel like that's where I'm at right now. I haven't made a play here yet. I am flirting with using the Titans in the contest, Mm -hmm. despite the injuries. Because also, again, Ryan Tannehill, if you actually looked, again, we're only talking about two games. Against Buffalo, not very good. He actually grayed out really well in week one against the New York Giants, despite the fact that they lost that game. I feel like maybe the, the market's in a weird spot with the Raiders that they might just be a little too high. Maybe to this offensive line situation for them and Derrick Henry maybe taking a step back could be a net positive for this team to where they are starting to have to play 2022 NFL football as opposed to being so incredibly run heavy. So maybe in a weird way that this could actually be good for this Titans team. Is that, is that wild? Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. And like, and, and I think the one weakness here, it'll be interesting to see the biggest weakness for the Raiders is that interior of their defensive line. They're great along the edges, but the interior is pretty weak, and you wonder if maybe something that's the Titans can exploit. Each and every hour here on the network, we give you a pro tip. You can also get all of these in written form over on vcin.com if you become a subscriber. For this hour, we were kind of talking about, listen, this, this wild line movement, and we'll talk about the Chargers game a little bit later here, but listen, don't overreact to line movement before you get any sort of confirmation on these guys. Because, again, this started to move – way earlier than we even got that these guys were going to be questionable, John. And so, like, I think we can just say, hey, good rule of thumb, pump the brakes sometimes because people don't always know everything. And remember, when you get confirmation, too, the line will still probably move. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to go contrarian, just wait. We continue to roll through NFL Week 3 when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. 
Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.